Dating coach for smart, strong, successful women, and your personal trainer for love, welcoming you back to the Love You podcast, where you're going to learn everything you need to know about dating, relationships, sex, and men from a man's point of view. This is the first Love You podcast of 2017, and today we're trying a new format. And it's not that the first 45 episodes of me ranting for a half hour on one topic were regrettable. I mean, over 200,000 people listened last year. The podcast hit the top 20 on iTunes and in the self help section multiple times. So there's really no reason to change except for this. I realized I wasn't doing the thing I love the most. It's not standing on my soapbox and yapping. It's, it's actually coaching women into more successful relationships. So in this new Love You podcast format, I'm gonna be taking callers from around the world that center around one question each week. All callers are gonna be pre-screened. They're gonna come from my Facebook fan page. So if you wanna be on future episodes, go to www.facebook.com forward slash fan. And if, for whatever reason, you don't use Facebook, you can see upcoming topics and ask questions through www.evanmarkcats.com forward slash podcast guest. So without further ado, this week's topic is, should you date against your type? And not to give away the punchline, but the answer is yes. What I'd like to do over the next few minutes is to explore uh, what that means for you before I take some callers and, and have them weigh in on how this affects them. Um, I immediately think of a book that was written by a dating expert. She's a friend of mine named Andrea Sirtash. It was back in 2010. Uh, she wrote a response uh, called to He's Just Not That Into. It was called He's Just Not Your Type, and That's a Good Thing. I will eventually have Andrea on as a guest, but for now, I just want to establish a few ideas about having a type. There's nothing wrong with having a type, either physically or personality-wise. You like what you like. You're attracted to what you're attracted to. I'm not trying to tell you to date someone you're not attracted to. However, if whatever you're doing isn't working, i.e. dating your type, perhaps it would serve you well to contemplate a different way of approaching dating. Otherwise, you get caught up in what some call dating the same guy in a different body. So my thesis, as well as most relationship experts, is that what you're most attracted to isn't necessarily good for you, nor compatible in the long run. And so the answer to your compatibility woes is usually much more nuanced than either or. You're not giving up on your type entirely. You're trading off on certain qualities in order to find a better long-term fit for your life. So my story has been oft told. My personality type was the smartest woman you've ever met. If a matchmaker is saying, oh my God, you're such a great catch. We have to introduce you to someone. I say, give me the smartest woman you've ever met and work backwards. That was my personality type. My looks type dark skin, petite, curvy brunettes. So let's cut to the chase. While my wife is smart, she's not the smartest person I've ever met. And while she's a curvy brunette, she's not dark skinned or petite. And you factor in that I would, I'm liberal Jewish atheist and she's a moderate Catholic believer. And I think it's kind of obvious that we both married happily against type. Now, just because that works for me doesn't mean it's going to work for you. But it's important to acknowledge that if you're listening to me right now, I got to guess that what you're doing isn't working that well for you either. So some women marry men who are like their emotionally unavailable fathers and they never feel safe. Some women marry their safe best friend and they never feel attraction. The answer is not to go from one extreme to the other. It's to find a nuanced point in between that makes you happy. 
So now I'm going to quote my friend Andrea Sirtash, who writes in her book, I'm reading directly. When you're dating your non-type, your connection with him and the fact that you feel so at ease with him often transcends your own logic or others' judgments about why he may not be a suitable match. When you realize this guy gets me or experience the feeling that you want to share more with him, it's difficult to ignore. The important thing is that you're seen and celebrated for who you are. When looking for your match, consider not only who he is, but who you are with him. The checklists that happy women use to find true love are nothing like the ones they relied on in the past. Their new lists were based on mutual respect, passion, common values, connection, and friendship, the kind of ingredients that lead to long-term relationship fulfillment. The ultimate dating challenge is not really about landing a certain kind of person. It's about becoming the person you are meant to be. So these are all things that I could have written but didn't. I want to give credit where credit's due, but they speak to the experiences that I've had as a relationship coach and a married man. We all know intellectually, your happiness doesn't depend on your man's height, his education, his income, or his brilliance. It depends on how do you feel inside your relationship. Do you feel secure? Can you relax? Can you be yourself? Do you handle conflict well together? Do you always worry that a fight is going to linger and potentially break you up? Do you laugh a lot more than you cry? If so, you could throw out your old checklist and judge future men, not based on whether they're your type, but rather how you feel in their presence. So now I just wanna take a few callers, I think we've got two or three on the line, who are deliberating on how to apply this concept of dating against type. And we're going to begin with Sherry. Hello, Sherry. Hello, Sherry. Hi, Evan. Can I see your face? There you are. <laughs> How could I be of service to you today? Thank you for being on my show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's an honor. I've been following you for over five years. And oh my. Uh, when I first met you, I was still out there looking and not having the success I wanted. And you were the frosting on the cake of the, the self-help that I was giving to myself. And I met my now fiance, Brian. Um, and I'm happy as can be. He is amazing, wonderful, loving, emotionally available, successful man. Um, and I love how I feel when I'm with him. Well, congratulations. But there's got to be a but. There's a but. <laughs> so I, now when I read your column, I read everything you write because there's a lot of wisdom in all of it. And um, I focus particularly, though, on when you share about your wife and how you navigate the differences in your personalities. So um, I used to date highly driven, um, super driven, highly focused, career focused men. Now I'm with a very successful, accomplished man professionally, but he's also very emotionally connected. He's also relaxed, easygoing, um, motivated but not driven and i find sometimes that dating against my type being with this more relaxed person has been my solution but is now sometimes my problem you nailed it i i just find myself getting um frustrated sometimes with our personality difference and i don't i don't want to default back into my highly critical super highly driven personality I want to remain soft and blended in our relationship. Sure. How do you do that with your wife on a daily basis? I read about it in your column, but I know there must be times when it must kind of get you a little bit. Um, but how do you um, 
how do you make use of the beautiful complementary aspect of your personalities um, as opposed to letting some of those differences get at you? So uh, that's a, it's, it's a really good question and I will answer it in full. Um, I just want to be clear. You don't want me to talk about your specific relationship and what those differences are. You want me to talk about my relationship because it sounds like the focus is on me and I don't mind sharing, but I, I want to make sure I'm helping you before you get off the phone. Oh, well, um, feel free to ask me anything you like about. Well, what, 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 seem, what seems to be the problem? These, these things that are, that are his, his strengths, which are also weaknesses, what are those weaknesses and how are they affecting you? Okay, so um, I do everything faster than he does. Mm -hmm. I'm a very direct A to B person. He is more of a process person. So he'll go in a more winding way toward a decision. Um, I often make decisions too quickly. I'm a little impulsive. I like to get the job done. That works great for me at work. In my relationship, it works against me because often his way of doing things is the better way. But in one of your recent columns, you talked about your wife describing you as impatient. I'm highly impatient. How do I sort of attenuate these? I'm sorry for my big smile. It's just you're, 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 you're describing me. Right. Got it. So I understand. All these things that work great for me in my work life and my professional life tend to erode my relationship because my relationship is about collaboration. My work life is about leadership and driving other team, people, teams. Yeah. How do I become more of a collaborator? How do I let go of the moments of frustration with, oh my God, is it gonna take us four weeks to pick the couch? <laughs> I can't handle it. All these little irritations add up and I begin to lose track of the bigger picture of how beautiful our partnership is. I want everybody who's listening to pay very, very close attention to what Sherry just said, not to what I just said. You just answered your own question. Did you, did you catch that? No, no, I didn't. I didn't catch it. You, you, re you really did. You answered your own question because you know. You know that this is who you are. You know that this is who he is. You know that you virtually signed on the dotted line. You know that this behavior will be driving you crazy for the rest of your life. Will it? Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> so, but what do I do? I accept that. Two, and two things, right? Number one, the good easily outweighs the bad. Yes. Best relationship you've ever had. That's why you're marrying him. Yes. Okay. That above everything is the answer. And that's, that's the, the focal point. Mm -hmm. So we're starting with a relationship that is permanent the concept of unconditional love, mm -hmm. right? So I love him. I've heard that people are like, oh, I love him you know, because of his quirks. No, no, you put up with his quirks. Mm -hmm. So, but we start from the place that this relationship is permanent. This is from till death do us part. Mm -hmm. And nothing can derail you. Mm -hmm. These are just things that will come up that you have to negotiate and get past. Okay. Right? Knowing that per John Gottman's research, 70% of couple fights are recurring fights. It's just the same thing. Mm -hmm. That's his tendencies versus your tendencies. But when I said you answered your question, here's how you answered your question. Okay. Because he's a process-oriented person, you said he's often 
because he's more deliberate and considered, right, he tends to make better relationship decisions. He's often better at that. Yes. That is his strength. Mm-hmm. So the process by which you get there might be annoying, like, come on, let's get on with it. Mm-hmm. Right? But if you read my book, Why He Disappeared, strengths and weaknesses are on flip sides of the same coin. Yeah. You don't get that person, that easygoing, deliberate person, right, without some of the annoyance of, oh, my God, is, this is taking forever. And again, I got one. Uh-huh. Right? But you could be sure that when uh, I need someone to get on the phone with customer service, I'm putting my wife on the line, not me. <laughs> right? Or if we're trying to, to negotiate um, uh, something with friends, you know, because we're, we're married couples and we got all friends and there's all this kind of drama. I'm going to let her handle it. I'm too, I'm too uh, quick tempered and biting. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, and the same thing happens within the relationship. So hopefully where you're going to grow as a woman mm-hmm. right, is not expecting him to suddenly change because he's not. No. <laughs> it's you've got an amazing relationship. I've been on the planet for X number of years. I've never done better. Mm-hmm. I'm never going to, he didn't ask me to be his consultant and beat his, his process oriented way out of him. Yeah. He wants to be accepted for who he is. And so those things are, are both true. You're really, really lucky to have him. Mm-hmm. And these are ultimately his strengths that make you better as a couple. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's finding gratitude for that mm-hmm. almost inside the annoyance. And the last piece of advice I would give, and it's a really important one, is humility, right? Mm-hmm. It's when you get impatient and be like, roll your eyes, come on already. Yeah. Right? apologize just own it mm-hmm. right because again we could flip it around and find what's the equivalent thing and he probably doesn't my wife doesn't criticize me mm-hmm. but if he were to criticize you and he was constantly telling you you can change this you can change this you can change this you can change this it would be really grating yeah. so people like us have to just be grateful mm-hmm. that we could be a little bull in a china shop yeah and that we have a partner who puts up with us yes okay so congratulations on your relationship. Thank you. <laughs> Thank really, it's, it's a good thing. This is, this is what, what marriage looks like. It's putting up with these minor intolerances and realizing life is good, you know, is much bigger than when, how do we pick out a couch? I'm sometimes envious of the more easygoing people. It seems like they it's don't- not, It's not how you're wired. Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> All right. I got to go to the next caller, but thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. Bye. Our next caller is Annalise from Miami. Hello, Annalise. Hi. How are you? Hi. It's very nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. What can I do for you today? Well, so I just moved to Miami, and I came out of a pretty long relationship that... um, I had been in New York. I'd been with the same guy for eight years. And um, I wish I had known about you before that. But I stumbled across your blog when I was trying to navigate being single again for the first time. And um, it was such a godsend because the oh, dating you. changed so I much. I everybody to be so nice to me on the phone. I thought you were just going to ask questions. But thank you for your kind words. Well, it's true. I mean, I, I didn't, uh, swiping, I didn't know anything about dating in a modern era. And um, we all got to learn the hard way. <laughs> and so it's been it's been great, um, hard and good. And I've been doing a lot of work. And I very 
purposefully have been, per your advice, looking for people that maybe wouldn't normally be where I would gravitate towards. Okay. I am, in my professional life, I'm an actor and I teach at a performing arts high school and I end up with men that are not surprisingly like my father, a very stoic, reserved, intellectual, mathematical Scandinavian. Okay. <laughs> and, in a nutshell? Uh, yep, basically. And that hasn't worked out very well for me. And in real life, I met this really great guy who's a Cuban Puerto Rican and he's incredibly emotionally available and it scares the bejesus out of me. <laughs> well, you know why it scares you, right? Why? Because <laughs> it's unfamiliar. Yeah. <laughs> right? If you're going to have relationships, you have to be emotionally available and connected and communicative. And that's not what you grew up around. That's not your model. Right. You have to sort of bust the mold. You know the mold's not working. Right. <laughs> so you have to bust it. And, but that leaves everything else out there. So it's not about, it may or may not be about this, this emotionally available Puerto Rican man. It may or may not be him. But it's about, it's about getting outside your type and trying things on for size and seeing how they fit. How is it to be with a guy who actually asks about your day and cares about your feelings? Right. Hmm. Does it feel better? I mean, is it? Yeah. <laughs> it does? Okay. So what are you running from? Well, I'm not running. Um, I think that like we were just talking about with the other uh, lady on the line, there's like the pros and the cons to each of it. Mm -hmm. So he's incredibly affectionate and kind and generous and emotionally available, but he will also say, you know, this bothered me. And I'll be like, okay, so. Well, because we talk about stuff now. Right. We don't just bury it. Right. So like the bottom falls out and then I get defensive as if, you know, everything's gone to hell in a handbasket. Yes. And so that's, I don't know how to have a disagreement in a loving relationship that is not a, like a point. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> I'm going to spike it down now. So there's, there's, a, there's a wonderful book, right? I'm, okay. I, I, I'm, I'm just a dating coach. I'm not a doctor. I've just been doing this for a long time. There's a wonderful book that most of my clients have recommended to me. It's called Attached by Amir Levine and Rachel Heller. Are you familiar with it? I've only my name. I don't think I've read it. Okay. Pick it up. It's wonderful, right? I'm not selling any Evan stuff. Just pick it up, read it in a night, and you'll have your whole life explained to you. <laughs> the, short, the shortest version is this. You have an anxious attachment style. Okay. Your father had an avoidant attachment style. Okay. The, the labels themselves sort of explain themselves, right? So you have an anxious attachment style. Everything is a big deal. You always want to receive love, but you choose men who are distant and hot and cold. And, right? So anxious and avoidant are like bad magnets, right? They never, never work out. You are dating a guy who presumably, based on a short description, is, has a secure attachment style. Those are the people who are the best partners, husbands and wives, because... They can have a disagreement without it turning into, this is over, I'm leaving you. It's just, no, I, I have a diff different idea about what color you should make the couch. It's right, it's just, why, why are you slamming the door? Right. right. So your reaction is what's called protest behavior, right? Okay. You're expecting the guy to pull some stuff, right? So you blow things up before he could hurt you. Right. And it's, it's, it's constantly pulling away. And for a secure person, right, that's exhausting. 
can yeah. we just talk about stuff? Like, I love you. You're a great person. I, my whole life centers around making you happy. Why can't we just disagree and work past this thing? 95% of things are good. Why let the 5% blow things up? Yeah. So it's not, it's not, I'm not putting all the blame on you, but I'm trying to hold up the mirror to see how your anxious attachment style and your attraction to avoidant men is the recurring pattern that's running your life. Right. Right. So you've identified it. You, you started to break the pattern and you're going to have to grow into being a secure partner because if you're not secure men are going to say, this is just exhausting me. Oh. Right? Oh, I know you're an actress, but Oh, the drama. I know. <laughs> right. So I'm not, you know, busting on you for being sensitive and I'm not defending him if he's insensitive. I'm, you know, I'm a sensitive guy who's sometimes insensitive to people and, but a lot of that insensitivity, right? You could spin it a different way is also honesty, right? We need to talk about stuff. You upset me and, you know, uh, this is how I feel, right? But that doesn't have to be a trigger to end the relationship. It doesn't have to be a sign that this is all wrong. It could literally just be a discussion, which brings me to the second book I'd recommend to you. <laughs> okay. And I teach both of these in my Love You course, right? I've got permission from the authors to teach their work because it's so good. It's called Kiss Your Fights Goodbye. It tells you how to talk to a man without attacking him, without making him wrong, so that he listens to you and you get what you want. Sound good? Yeah. <laughs> Mark with that. So, so I, I, I'm happy for you that you started to break free from your pattern. That's good news. Right, dating against your type because your type wasn't working for you. In fact, it doesn't work for anybody. Without ripping on your father, people like that don't make for great partners. That stoicism is very hard to connect with. Right, he may be strong and a provider and uh, intelligent. You may be all those things, but at the end of the day, it's very hard to feel connected to that. Right. So there's you're going through an evolution, and you don't have to figure it out tomorrow. It may or may not be about this guy. It's right. about you becoming more secure so you can choose a more secure man. So don't make it about him. Make it about you and your growth to becoming a better partner who could be compatible with a better partner. Okay. You like it? I do. How do I, know, how do I know the difference between... <clears throat> Like this is rubbing me the wrong way because it's unfamiliar or it's rubbing me the wrong way because you and I just aren't a good, like this is just not right. Okay. Um, I think that's probably a, a separate question. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it's not that it's wrong. It's a, it's a perfectly logical follow-up, but I do have to take another caller. Um, I would say essentially how much does it bother you, right? To, is it, am I willing to throw out this relationship because of this thing? I just, right, I told the story of my wife yeah. and, you know, and, and uh, we just had, I think it was Sherry talking about, uh, I'm a get her done fast, impatient, and my wife is more slow and deliberate. That will annoy me my entire life, right? But she's never left a pair of, she's never like gone to a wedding without a pair of shoes like I have. I pack in six minutes. She packs for three weeks, <laughs> but she doesn't forget anything. <laughs> So just remember that these are all strengths and weaknesses. And what you're really gauging is how do I feel? 
That's it. How do I feel in this man's presence? Let's not dissect all the individual qualities. Overall, does he enhance my happiness or is he bringing me down? What do you think? That's pretty simple. Yeah. Just tap into the feeling. No point in staying in a relationship that doesn't make you feel good. doesn't have to be perfect, but the good has to far outweigh the bad. Yeah. Okay? Yeah, that's great. Good. Thank you for being here. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you. All right. Good stuff. And we've got one more caller. Her name is Ilana. Hello, Ilana. How are you? Hi, Evan. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for being here today. Yeah, thank you. Um, I did just want to start out by saying thank you. Um, so I got out of a 12-year relationship about a year ago, and then I started reading all your information and realized, wow, if I had just listened to you a long time ago, that seems <laughs> I would have gotten out a lot sooner. I'm sorry about that. It seems to be a recurring theme today. I wish I discovered you 10 years ago. I'm sorry about that. Yeah. Yeah. And actually it's been interesting because me and my ex have gotten to a really good place lately. And I played some of your videos for him and he's like, wow, that guy is really smart. He knows what he's talking about. Very, very kind. <laughs> Compliments are solicited, but not necessary. So how can I help yeah. you? Well, so um, my question is, is that, uh, you know, I, I, I live in Los Angeles and I bumped into one of those uh, cliched LA player type guys. Um, actually, he's exactly the person that you describe, right? The tall, very, very rich and likes art guy. Like I literally found that one in a billion guy. Um, and I was a little skeptical because that's not my type. I mean, who doesn't like tall and rich and art? But he, you know, he just had that player vibe and that's not my type on any level. I'm kind of a, I don't know, you can kind of see I got tattoos and I'm more of an eccentric artist. Um, and I think I gave it a shot because um, we actually had a funny little thing where three years ago he picked me up on the street. And so I think I got a little kind of like, hey, this is cute and magical and karmic. So I kind of maybe got sucked into the story a bit. Um, but then it turned out it wasn't a very cute or magical experience uh, because he is one of those player guys and he started to play games. And, you know, I, I've never really dated that much, but I'm smart enough to know that I don't really need to do that. And so after a couple of weeks, I kind of tapped out and said goodbye. Um, but I guess my question is more that, you know, I, I kind of was very skeptical going into it. And then he sort of played into what I thought. But, you know, how do you, how do you kind of, I guess, give people the benefit of the doubt, but also keep that skepticism? Because, you know, I didn't want to be like, I, 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 you know? I get it. It's a sort of circular question, but I figured out where you were going. Yeah. And, um, I know, I kind of ramble. It's all good. <laughs> Sorry. I think there's always a danger in turning people into uh, monolithic entities, right? So um, I'm a Jewish guy, and I've heard from non-Jewish women, don't date, don't date Jewish guys because they're going to say they don't care about their religion, but then they're going to ask you to convert. <laughs> right? That's There's truth to that stereotype, except not every time, because I didn't ask my wife to convert, <laughs> right? So it, it's sort of like that. It's not that you can't ever begin to judge a book by its cover, right? Because 
you know, how one presents. If you're the person with the tattoos and the piercings, someone's going to come to conclusions about you, but they're not going to know the whole story, right? And if they came to a conclusion without getting to know you first, they'd probably be faulty, right? So it's, it's doing the same thing, right? Just because I meet a guy who presents as X doesn't mean he's necessarily that. Not every guy who went to Harvard is a snob and not every guy who is, um, you know, a millionaire is unethical and, you know, completely married to his work. And not every guy who is a devoted father is going to have no time for you. And there's, there are, there are stereotypes and then there's all the exceptions to the stereotypes. So that to me is this, the healthy skepticism. It's not that you're wrong for saying, Hey, I smell a player here, but I've had enough people call me a player to know that that was what they saw from the outside. Right. And I was always, I want to get married. I want to get married in the meantime, I'm going to have some fun, but I really, really want to get married and be a husband and a father. Right. So even, even that, it seems like it's a contradiction, but I think people are not one thing or the other. And so it's just being conscious of those things, Alana, um, when you're in the dating process. And as you saw, it doesn't take long for a man to reveal himself. Right? You didn't have to wait three years to figure out who you were, that you were right with your first impulse. You revealed that. Yeah, exactly. Right? So is it a wasted month? No. Does it mean you give up on all tall, rich guys? No, I, I wouldn't. I think tall, rich guys. So you don't have to give up on that. Um, just, just understand each guy is an individual, just like each woman is an individual. And while it's tempting to put them into boxes, it becomes limiting because then you eliminate Oh, I went out with a short guy and he had a Napoleon complex. No more short guys. All right. Oh, I went out with this divorced dad who had an alimony problem. No more divorced dads. And now you're left with nobody. All right. So does that, right. does that kind of get anywhere in terms of how you should handle this moving forward? Yeah. And I like too the idea that, you know, it was a month and it, I mean, it wasn't like I wasted three years. Honestly, that's the best piece of advice in that is that, you know, you can't judge a book by a cover, but eventually people pretty quickly reveal who they are and what they value. And so that was a pretty quick learning process. And then I felt like, okay, moving on. Now I got to go find someone. And, and I do like how you're like, I shouldn't give up on the tall rich guys. Not no. their fault. This guy's no, like starting with a guy. Nothing wrong with tall and rich. Right? No, right? If anything, I want to warn you about a concept <laughs> we call the overcorrection, right? A woman's in a relationship yeah. without passion, so she goes and chases passion. A woman's with a guy who never has any money, she chases money. You don't have to go far to the extreme. There's a lot of people in the middle, just normal, nice, middle-class people who are not the tallest or smartest, but just good people who get overlooked because everybody's looking for better, right? So you never have to go to the extremes, but because the extremes almost never work out. The guy who's a billionaire probably isn't around very much, and the guy who is that gorgeous probably doesn't necessarily want to settle down because he's got a lot of other options to explore. And right, good and bad are really on the flip sides of the same coin. So it's really just trying men on for size, so to speak, Alana, and seeing what works for you without prejudice. All right, I met this guy. This guy wrote to me online. Let's flirt with him a little bit, see, see how he follows up, and go from there. All right, you don't have to figure out the whole story. Yeah, and, and it's funny you say the overcorrection thing because I've literally been saying that on dates where, you know, I dated a rocker, musician, 
not he's not successful yet and then now i'm trying to kind of overcorrect okay now i need the businessman who's very successful and starting to get to the middle find an it guy who makes 75 grand and treats you well <laughs> all right so um we're gonna wrap this thing up uh thank you so much alana for your call um this was fun i'm i'm I don't know about you, but I'm really glad at <laughs> this new format. And um, I really appreciate you sticking with me as, as the Love You podcast grows and changes. Um, my name is Evan Mark Katz. Next week, I'm going to be discussing what behavior is unacceptable in a relationship. You do not want to miss that. This is going to tell you whether you should dump your guy or not. If you enjoyed this podcast, and I know you did, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes and on YouTube. Follow me on Facebook at Evan Mark Katz Fan and Twitter at Evan Mark Katz. And finally, you get the most Evan. If you go to evanmarkatz.com, give me your name and email address, and I will send you free dating and relationship advice until you no longer need dating and relationship advice. So I appreciate you. I love you. And I will see you next week on the Love Podcast.